Welcome to Funding Quest, where our quest is to help you find the best funding for your small business. I'm your host, Byron Allen, and today I'm back with Chris Call, a veteran commercial banker for the second half of our conversation. Chris has nearly two decades of experience providing bank loans for business owners, so we're excited to continue our conversation with him today. He will share his advice on what to expect the process will be to get a bank loan, and how to improve your chances of getting approved for a bank loan, including what the most common mistakes are that he sees business owners make. So help our audience understand what is the typical loan process. I'm, I'm sure timing varies mm-hmm. and, and, and such based on complexity, but can you give us some generalities and sure. things to expect? Yeah, we can give some generalities. Now, keep in mind that every bank is different, so your experience is going to be different at, at every bank, and there's, there's as many different processes as there are banks out there. But in general, the process starts with the borrower applying for financing. Well, what does that look like? Some banks have a formal application they want you to fill out, and some don't. But what is universally true is every bank wants you to submit a loan file to them. Some banks will send you a, v- a very detailed checklist of what they want. Other banks will give you a very generic checklist that's, that's maybe not as detailed. Um, every bank has different requirements for what is in that loan package. But one thing you can expect to see from any bank, you can expect to be asked for two or three years of business and personal financial statements. You can be expected to be asked for what's called a, a personal financial statement which is basically a personal balance sheet, assets and liabilities. You can expect to be asked for um, any property information. If you're buying a building, for example, you can be expect to be asked for the purchase agreement or a letter of intent or something along those lines. So there are some very specific items that any bank would ask for, but then there's other nuanced items that will vary lender to lender. And what does that process look like? After you've submitted the, the loan file to the bank, um, they're going to review that information. And what the timeline is will depend on the bank. Some banks will move faster in this stage than others. Some banks are more thorough up front than others. But generally speaking, they will review the file. They'll make a preliminary assessment of the loan request. And if it looks like something that they can proceed with, they should give you some kind of a proposal letter or a terms letter that outlines, here's what your loan might look like. At this point, it hasn't been approved typically. It's just an idea of what you expect the loan to look like, assuming that all the underwriting checks out. At that same time, they'll usually give you a needs list. They'll tell you, okay, I received these items, but here's a few things that I'm going to need, either that weren't originally submitted or that are maybe specific to the, t- to the loan or to the business that they're looking at. The faster that you can provide that information and the more completely you can provide that information back to your lender will greatly impact how long it takes for this next step. The next step would be to underwrite the loan. Every bank has their own underwriting process. There are people that they go through and assess the, the loan that are, you know, they're looking at the, the financial statements. They're looking at the, the different credit indicators within the, the, the loan request. They're building out a narrative about the, the loan request, about the business, about the business owners. And in a lot of cases, these underwriters are making recommendations on whether or not the bank should proceed with the, with the loan approval or not. So at this, and this is going back to your, your earlier question, how can you make yourself stand out? This is a way you can make yourself stand out. When that bank sends you that needs list and says, hey, I still need these nine things. If you wait three days and send them two items from the list and then say, okay, I send them to you, then that's going to cast, first of all, it's going to slow the process down. And it's also going to cast you in a somewhat negative light with that, with that banker and that underwriter. Versus if you quickly respond, you get all items from that needs list and make sure they get sent back to them complete 
then first of all, it's going to keep them moving, but it's also going to demonstrate that you're a borrower that's organized and that's good to work with. So then after the underwriting process, the next step is to actually get loan approval. Every bank has a different methodology and different levels, uh, different approval levels within the bank. Um, in some cases, depending on your loan size, it might be one person making that decision. In some, pa- some cases, it might be multiple people or even a loan committee that's making the decision. But ultimately, once the loan's underwritten, the next step is to get the loan approved. And the timing on that process, again, will vary bank by bank. And somewhere, if this, if this is going to be an SBA loan, somewhere within that underwriting and loan approval process, the SBA should be involved at that point. So they can be working on their piece of the financing while the bank is going through their own underwriting and loan approval. The, one of the steps that has to occur for a commercial real estate loan specifically is a, you have to get appraisals and you have to get environmental reports, sometimes called a phase one report or a record search. Some banks will ask you to order those reports or ask you to pay for those reports so they can order them up front before the loan's approved. And some banks like to wait until after the loan's approved. But ultimately, the appraisal process takes three to four weeks typically to get a commercial appraisal done. So you want to be mindful of that as you're monitoring your, your timelines for your, lo- for your purchase transaction, if it is a real estate purchase transaction. Third-party reports will typically happen during underwriting or right after loan approval. And from there, it's just proceeding towards closing. Uh, generally speaking, you'll get a, a checklist from the bank that will outline any specific items they need for loan documentation that may, they may not already have. And uh, the loan closing process, again, varies bank by bank, but as long as you're providing the information they're asking for quickly, they can get your loan documents done faster. As far as the timing goes, you know, they can be, generally speaking, you can do a commercial real estate loan and as fast as 45 days, sometimes even faster than that. Or it can take longer than that, depending on the borrower and depending on the bank. SBA loans are going to add a little bit of time to that, you know, maybe 15 days, maybe as much as 30 days, depending on uh, the, the SBA's process they have to go through. Ultimately, I would plan on between 45 to 60 days uh, total timeline for a conventional loan and maybe 60 to 75 days for an SBA loan. Very helpful. Very helpful. Thank you. I know we've touched on this a little bit here and there, but if you could maybe summarize or you know, just give a, a good list here of some of the things, the mistakes that you've seen borrowers do mm-hmm. in, in their loan earning process that you're like, you know, if you, <laughs> if you just didn't do those or... If you could just give your advice, here's what not to do. What not to do? Yeah. Okay, sure. I'd say the biggest thing not to do is don't try to hide things from the lender and hope they don't find them. Because someone is going to uncover issues. Don't, you don't want to be afraid to tell your whole story. You know, most of the loans that we look at, we have, we have what's called hair on them. There's, there's some hair on it somewhere. You've got to find where that is and, and find a way to mitigate those risk factors. So don't hide negative information from the bank. That is a big mistake. Another big mistake is they don't educate themselves on the different loan programs out there. They talk to their banker, the banker says, this is what I want to do, this is what we're going to do, and they don't pause to make sure that that's the best fit for themselves. So I would recommend that, you, that anyone that's looking to be seeking financing from a bank to educate themselves on the different loan programs that are available to them. A lot of times I see borrowers that are very passive. They let the banks or they let their brokers manage the, the process. This is especially important when you're dealing with a real estate purchase transaction and you're on a schedule, you're on a timeline, and there's various deadlines within that purchase contract that you have to be aware of. Don't just assume that your banker or your broker, your real estate broker, are monitoring those closely. They're going to have multiple transactions that they're focusing on. So you want to make sure you're not just passively allowing the process to unfold, you want to make sure that you are actively participating in and monitoring that timeline so you don't run into a situation 
where your, your escrow deposit is, is at risk. Another mistake that I see borrowers make is they don't provide the bank with a full and complete loan package. They send a partially complete package that they haven't fully assessed what the bank is going to ask for. Or perhaps some of the information they provide is clearly erroneous. They, they've, I've seen loan packages come in with balance sheets that don't balance, for example. That's about as basic as it gets when you're in a financial statement. Make sure the balance sheet balance. Make sure you're giving them complete information. Usually the bank will tell you or the lender will tell you, here's what information we need to assess this request. Make sure they get all of it and promptly. Now, don't drag your feet. Make sure you're responding quickly to the bank's needs and that you're very organized in how you're doing it. If they ask you for 10 things, don't send them six and then wait two weeks and then wonder where you're, why they're not responding to you. You know, when the bank's asking you for something, they're asking because they need it. They need it for their purposes. And um, the, the sooner and the more organized your response is, the better your, your lending experience is going to be with them. So those are some of the biggest mistakes I see borrowers make. And I think adding to that, like you said, being proactive, right? Proactive in the communication with mm -hmm. asking questions. What else do you need? What should I be expecting, right? Having that regular communication with the banker, I think, will really help them avoid surprises of, oh, I didn't realize you were missing that still or, mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Oh, that, absolutely. That absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. So here's another question that I'm intrigued about, and I think our audience will be as well, is, so how do the banks set their interest rates, right? Most of us are aware of, of mortgage rates, mm -hmm. right? We have some experience borrowing money on our homes, but borrowing money from a bank on a commercial transaction for your business is very different. Mm -hmm. So especially given what's happening with interest rates right now, it's uniquely, sure. can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So any interest rate out there is going to be set based on a specific lending index and then a spread over that index. When people hear about the Fed raising their interest rates, that they assume that means that the Fed just raised interest rates across the board on everything. And that's just not the case. When the Fed changes their interest rate, they're changing the Fed funds rate and the Fed funds rate only. And that impacts the prime lending rate, which is typically what banks will use for short-term financing. And your credit cards are typically tied to Wall Street Journal Prime or New York Prime with some spread over that index. And your business lines of credit. In some cases, uh, and this is especially true on SBA 7A loans, real estate loans can be tied to the Wall Street Journal Prime Index so as a floating interest rate. So an, an interest rate is floating if it adjusts any time the index adjusts. So whenever the Fed changes that short-term lending rate, if your loan is tied to prime, then your loan is going to, your interest rate is going to adjust. But when we're talking about fixed rates, um, first of all, there is no Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac out there in the commercial world. That doesn't exist, there's, which means there's not some standardized 30-year fixed loan option out there for a commercial mortgage. A lot of people who are first-time borrowers are a little surprised by that. They, they, they're expecting something comparable to what they see on the residential side on the commercial side. That doesn't really exist. Typically, a, a commercial, especially an owner-occupied commercial real estate loan, will have a five-year or 10-year fixed interest rate. That's very, very common. And those interest rates will be based on a specific index with a spread over that index. So for example, my bank, uh, we tend to use the treasury indexes, the treasury bond rate. So whatever that bond rate is, plus the spread will be the, the interest rate that the borrower receives. And those do not always move in lockstep with the, with the Fed. So we saw back in June, the first of two back-to-back -back three quarters of a point Fed funds increases. And interestingly enough, over the next month and a half after that first index raise in our first Fed funds increase back in June, we saw the five and 10 year bonds actually decrease. Now they've started to come back up again, but that kind of uh, demonstrates that 
the lending rates that the banks are using to set fixed rates are not necessarily following in lockstep with what the Fed is doing. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yes, or? yes. Okay. And, and how do they typically compare to the residential interest rates, residential sure. mortgage rates? Well, that depends on what the bond market does. So the, again, residential interest rates, if you're a, conform, a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac conforming loan, you can get a 15-year or 30-year fixed interest rate. My understanding is those are tied to the bond market as well. So in a perfect world, you would expect that the 30-year fixed rate would be higher than a 5- or a 10-year fixed rate, but that's not always the case. So they, how do they compare? It depends on what's happening in the bond market. Gotcha. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. So Chris, tell me, there's certainly times where you've had a borrower that has needed to close a loan faster than the bank is able to close, if it's conventional or SBA, uh, or probably situations, I'm sure as well, where something about either the property or or the borrowers, the business owners' um, business or, or their personal credit worthiness or something that disqualifies them from that long-term low interest rate bank loan or SBA loan, but it still makes sense. They can still get a bridge loan, for example, to help bridge that gap until they can. Can you talk about that? And what are some situations where you've seen that happen? Sure. So we've seen situations where borrowers need some type of a bridge financing in a couple of different situations. Um, It's been more common actually lately with the difficulty of finding the right building for your business. And so because there's less product on the market right now, the sellers can demand tighter timelines and there's more people that are that are seeking these properties out and a lot of them are cash buyers. So if you're going up against a cash buyer that can close on that purchase in a week or two, but you need financing, that's going to put you in a really difficult situation to win in a competitive bidding situation. So a lot of times we're seeing these timelines be compressed within purchase contracts um, to where the 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 buyer doesn't have time to go through the full loan process, especially when there's SBA involvement, because that slows things down. So that would be a time where a bridge, some bridge financing might be appropriate, where you know the borrower can find a loan that allows them to buy this property while they're still going through the funding with the lending process on the bank side, while they're trying to work through the, the SBA's underwriting and the bank's underwriting requirements. Because a bank loan can take, like I told, said earlier, a bank loan can take you know, 45 days at a minimum up to 60, 75 days, depending on if there's SBA involvement. Um, a lot of times that timeline doesn't really work out very well for the borrower, so they find themselves in a need for a short-term bridge. Another situation might be kind of along the same lines, but when there's going to be construction involved, whether it's ground-up construction or you're buying a building that needs to be uh, renovated. But the timelines from the from the seller doesn't allow enough time to go through and get all the different construction bids and get all that pieces, get your architectural drawings done, do all the things you need to do to get a construction loan done. But you know that, that process can take months. It can take three, four, five, six months. Well, right now, sellers aren't really willing to let a property sit in escrow that long. So a situation like that, it's actually pretty common that bridge financing becomes important in a situation where they, the seller just can't or isn't willing to give the buyer enough time to go through the full lending process based on the, what's actually happening with that specific property. Looking at it from the credit standpoint, maybe there's a situation where something has happened recently. Either the business experienced a downturn um, or there's some other factor that makes it so the uh, business is not really bankable at that time 
but given a period of time to correct the situation, they might be later on. You know, maybe it's a situation where they, they just need a year or two to stabilize the company a little bit further before they can qualify for bank financing. Or maybe it's a brand new startup enterprise and they need some time to get, to get some history behind them. So there are circumstances where the uh, ability to, for a bank to provide financing could be impacted negatively and would open the door for some bridge financing, which could solve that problem for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and seasoning is a term I hear. You, you mentioned maybe they need some time to get their business up and going. What, what are those typical seasoning type requirements? Mm-hmm. And again, are those different? Or are there some standards for an SBA 504 loan, for example, versus a 7A loan versus mm-hmm. a conventional? Sure. So, you know, seasoning, you, you can look at that in a number of different ways, but to, to look at it from a very high level, you know, the SBA has already said what they consider to be a startup. They consider any business that's been operating for less than 24 months to be a startup. And how that impacts specifically an SBA 504 financing is your down payment requirement is actually higher if you are a, what they consider a startup, so if if your business has been operating for less than than 24 months, you're going to pay a higher down payment for SBA 504 financing than you would otherwise. So so seasoning absolutely does come into play on on the SBA side in that regard. And looking specifically at conventional loans, they are held to a higher credit standard. So the younger a company is, the harder it is to meet that standard. So it might be a situation where the business could have been operating for five years, but they still haven't reached that point where they would qualify for conventional financing. And maybe they either don't want or they can't qualify for SBA for one reason or another, whether it's tied to the business or tied to the property they're buying, where given another couple of years, for example, maybe they would qualify for a conventional bank loan. Um, because again, a, a conventional loan, the borrowers would typically be held to a higher standard than they would on an SBA loan. Perfect. Well, Chris, this has been phenomenal. Very insightful. I've learned a lot. I'm sure our audience has as well. And, uh, and, and this, I can't thank you enough for being here with us and sharing your experience and expertise in these. To wrap up, do you have any concluding thoughts, recommendations for our audience? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, just touch on something that we, we talked about earlier. Um, I would recommend that anyone in the audience that's interested in, in or that needs to pursue financing for their business, just educate yourself on what options are available out there. If you're talking to a lender and they're pushing you to, in one direction, ask if there's a specific reason that they're doing that. Why do they feel like that's a better fit for your business? Have, you, have they considered these other loan options uh, that might be a better fit for them? So just educate yourself on what's available and, and decide for yourself what you think is the best option for your business. I mean, also, you would be surprised at how many business owners I talk to who ask me, hey, I'm hoping I can qualify for this amount. And they'll give me the file thinking I'm, not, I'm never going to qualify for this loan. And I get the package and I look at it and I realize I could qualify them for three or four times what they're hoping to be qualified for. So I guess be optimistic. Be optimistic about what, you, what your business might be able to achieve and don't sell yourself short. Take the time to educate yourself on, on what, what options are out there and then talk to some lenders and see what, what your business might qualify for before you decide that, that you can't do it and you can't proceed. In my opinion, one of the main reasons that business owners are in business is to, is to create long-term wealth perpetuating assets. And really, what does it look like? It's usually real estate. If you can buy a building and your your occupancy costs are the same or less than it would cost you to rent, then 
in my opinion, you should be pursuing that. You should be, you should be trying to accomplish that goal. And so understanding how the lending process works can help to get to that point. But just understanding that it's possible, that, you, that your business can do that, that there's loan programs out there that are available specifically for that purpose to help small business owners purchase these buildings for their business to help them continue to grow and to help them continue to create jobs. And for the business owner, it has the benefit of helping to, to acquire at long-term wealth-building assets. So that would be the advice I would leave your listeners with is be self-educated, be assertive about uh, talking when you're talking to lenders about what different loan programs are available and l- figure out and learn what your business can actually afford. Perfect. Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us today, Chris. We really yeah, appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Once again, Chris provided us with valuable insights in today's episode. My key takeaways include... Your choice of which banker you use is often even more important than the bank that you choose. What questions you should ask when interviewing a banker and how you can make yourself as prepared as possible to improve your chances of getting your loan approved. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you learn more today about how you can best prepare and qualify for a bank loan for your business. Until next time, we wish you success in your quest for funding your small business.